0: Oh, I'm excited tonight, you guys. I'm excited. If I ever get up here and I'm not excited, just come up to me afterwards and say, hey, Jared, you doing all right? Because I'm up here to talk to you about God's word. Amen? And that is something to get excited about. And so I'm excited tonight. Oh, yes, God's presence. Well, you guys, tonight, go ahead and turn to your Bibles. Let's dive right in. Turn to your Bibles, if you brought your Bibles tonight. I want to look at 2 Timothy, the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verses 5 and 7. We're going to dive right in. This is the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy. He says, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Other translations say sound mind. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that as your word goes forth, it does not return void and so father i just pray lord that as i stand up here on this platform that i would be a clean screen for you to flow through tonight that your word would go forth father and pierce deep into our hearts tonight for we so desperately need your word every second of every day because it is truth it is truth and we stand on your truth father so we love you we thank you for tonight in jesus name we all pray amen amen So here you guys in the books of 1st and 2nd Timothy, the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy who he called called his beloved son in the faith. Paul loved Timothy. Now Timothy was a young pastor. He was a young pastor in the church of Ephesus, the city of Ephesus, which was in the, the region of Asia Minor in the Roman Empire. The city of Ephesus was, it was a large city. It was actually home to one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, the Temple of Artemis. It was a huge temple devoted to the goddess Artemis, a huge place of demonic pagan worship. And so that's what Timothy is up against. And theologians believe he pastored the largest underground congregation in the world at that time. And he was a young guy. He was a young guy. And so what you see here from Paul writing to Timothy, Paul was imprisoned twice in his, during the course of his ministry. And as he's writing to Timothy here in first and Second Timothy, uh, this was during his second imprisonment under the, the Emperor Nero. The Emperor Nero, the Roman Emperor Nero, he was a demoniac. He persecuted the early church. Uh, like it was nothing. To give you an example, a picture of just um, how much he persecuted the church. He used to take Christians, and he used to put them on wooden poles and stakes in his courtyard, his royal courtyard. He used to cover them in, in pitch and tar, and he used to light them on fire to light up his courtyard for entertainment. That's the emperor that has Paul imprisoned here. Now, during Paul's first imprisonment, it was kind of like a house arrest. But here during his second imprisonment, he's in prison in shackles in an actual cell. And he's writing. He knows his time is short. And so as he writes to Timothy, it's kind of like a, a last will and testament. It's not so much a structured letter, but it's more or less just him pouring out his heart to Timothy, this young pastor over this huge congregation and he's facing persecution every single day and he's telling Timothy fan into flames the gift that God has given you other translations of the new king james version says to stir up the gift stir up the gift that's what i called the message tonight stir it up stir it up now listen one of my love languages is food you know what i'm saying who can say amen to that food come on I'm still pushing for like a Ben and Jerry's dispensary, you know, in the halls here, like a nice freezer. You can just grab a pint, you know. (laughs) That would be awesome. That would probably be really bad for me, actually. Let's not do that. Okay. My daughter loves to bake. And, you know, when you bake something, you put all the ingredients in the bowl. And you have to stir it up to get all the ingredients dispersed and, and distributed evenly so that you can put it in the heat so that once it's in that heat, it can become what it was made to be. You guys hear me on that? And now, being in that heat, that's a whole nother message. So maybe next time I'm blessed with a chance to get up here, we'll go there. Because that will preach right there. Refinement. The refiner's fire. God's fire. God's holy fire. Sometimes we got some flesh that needs to be burned off. But anyway, that's another message. But... You guys in this room, God has put gifts in you. There are things in you. God has deposited deposited seed in you that he's saying stir up, that he's saying fan into flame. How many of you guys have seen those, those embers that have the potential to burst forth into a flame, but they need the right ingredient? onto it. They need a little more oxygen. They need something to breathe in on it to fan it into a flame. And then once it becomes that flame, then you can put fuel on it and more fuel and more fuel. And before you know it, you have a large fire burning hot. That's why Jesus said, I would rather you be hot or cold. But Jesus doesn't want us to be lukewarm. And what Jesus is telling us there is that he wants you to burn hot for him. He wants you to fan into flame that which he's put inside of you. And so what God really drew me to tonight is we look at that portion of Scripture. Now, we could camp here for weeks. This is one of my favorite portions of Scripture. And I love the heart that it comes from. The Apostle Paul, shortly after he wrote this letter of 2 Timothy, shortly thereafter, he was martyred for the faith. And so Paul's just pouring out his heart. He's pouring out God's heart to a young pastor. And this is a word for all of us today. God really drew me to these two things. There are two things that God highlights to us. Two things that are going to take away or pull you from fanning those things into flame which God has put in you. Two things. And you know what? I want to go after it tonight. I want to hit these things right square between the eyes. God tells us fear and timidity. Fear and timidity will keep you from fanning into flame. God doesn't give us a, a spirit of fear, or timidity, but of boldness and of love and of self-discipline or sound mind And so God really lays out here. If you're in here tonight and you've been struggling with fear, you've been struggling with timidity, Because the spirit of fear will lead to timidity. The spirit of fear, the enemy wants to use fear in your life to keep you hiding in the corner, on the sidelines, in the shadows. But God wants you in the game. He's a good father, and he's saying, get in there. You've got what it takes. You can do it. And so, listen, you guys. I'm not the brightest bulb in the pack, okay? Not the sharpest tool in the shed, but I do know this. God's word works. Pastor Dwayne says it all the time. God's word works. And so I want to just read you some of God's word. And if you've been struggling with fear tonight, I would just ask, let's just take a minute before I read some of these scriptures to you, and I want you just, you know what, let's pray right now. Let's just pray. If you've been struggling with fear, let's all stand in agreement and pray together. Father we we ask right now holy spirit holy spirit help us help us to receive and to hear your word as your word goes forth spirit of fear in jesus name we command you to leave right now because we are going to replace that fear with faith in God's word and God's promises and in the hope of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen. Amen. If that's you, if you've been struggling with that, I want to read you these scriptures. Let them sink deep. Isaiah 41.10. Now, I'm only giving you guys a few scriptures. I actually had to whittle down so many scriptures where God says, don't fear, have courage, for I am with you. But I just want to read you a few. Isaiah 41.10. And if you're taking notes, I encourage you, especially if you've been struggling with fear, write these down. Read them every day. Read them out loud. Take your sword out of the sheath. Speak them in your home. Isaiah 41:10 Don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Joshua chapter 1 verse 9 This is my command: Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua was leading the nation of Israel into a territory they hadn't been before. He was leading them into a new place. These people hadn't seen this new place before. How many of you guys want to go to a new place with God tonight? Psalm 31, verse 24. So be strong and courageous, all you who put your hope in the Lord. Mark 6.50, Jesus walking on the water as the disciples struggled rowing against the wind and waves. They were all terrified when they saw him, but Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. You could be here tonight. You could be struggling against some wind, some waves, some choppy seas. Jesus is telling you to take courage that he's here with you tonight. First Corinthians 16, 13. Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. The enemy will try to use fear to attack your hope in God's promises, but we can stand on that. Those scriptures we just read off. So to fight fear... You have to combat it with faith. When you hear the voice of fear, you come back with the voice of faith. Amen? In God's Word. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And so when the voice of fear starts to crop up, don't be afraid. To say, be quiet, because my God says something different. The voice of fear. The enemy wants to use fear to keep you from stepping out and walking in what God's made you and called you to do. The gift he's put in you that he wants you to fan into flame. And how do you fan that into flame? You activate your faith. You activate God's word in your life. And you step out and you start not just reading the word, but it's called the head-to-heart conversion. You start to live it out. Even if it doesn't make sense in the natural, you start to know God's voice. Because those things God speaks to you, he will never contradict his word. Amen? And you start to get it in your heart, not in your head, in your heart. And that's when you start to live it out. Oh, I'm fired up tonight. You see, the enemy will use fear. And I I spoke about this, I I think, about a month ago. If you've ever done any rock climbing, I took a couple semesters of indoor rock climbing in college. It was the best class ever. It was awesome. (laughs) But when you rock climb, you want to use your leg muscles more than your arm muscles because your leg muscles are bigger and stronger. And the Bible says not to give the enemy a foothold. Why? Because when you are climbing or you're trying to get somewhere a little higher, okay, use your footholds to propel yourself upward to get to that next spot. And that's what the enemy will try to do in your life with fear. If he knows if he can get you fearing this one thing over here, then you're going to fear this other thing over here. And then once he's got you there, he's going to move on. He's going to use that foothold, and he's going to try to just keep whittling away at the call and destiny God has on your life. He'll try to use that fear to keep you from walking in God's culture-shifting, atmosphere-changing, life-changing power that he's called you to walk in. Let's get one thing straight, you guys. We're not saved by the things we do. We're not saved by our deeds. We're saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. But God will use your deeds to see to it that others are saved. The Bible says that his kindness leads us to repentance, and one of the amazing ways God chooses to display his kindness in the world is through his changed sons and daughters, operating in the power he's given them in this world. God wants to use you to, spl- to display his goodness, his power, his kindness, his love. And the enemy will try to use fear to keep you from walking in that. We show people our faith by how we live. We're not saved by deeds, but you know what? we can help see other people saved by our deeds, right? Isn't that awesome how God works like that? That's why we say things in church like we're blessed to be a blessing. Because once God gives you something, it's not just for you, it's for somebody else too. James chapter 2, verse 14. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? I love the book of James. James, don't play around. James chapter 2, verse 20. How foolish can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? God tells you to put your faith into action and live it out. Not cower to fear. Not cower and back away because fear says you, you're not equipped to do that. Or if you step out and do that, people are going to think you're crazy. You replace that with the voice of faith. And you say, no, that may seem crazy, but I know God's telling me to do it, so I'm going to be obedient and watch people get changed along the way. Watch you get changed along the way. Time and time again, I can remember as a young Christian, uh, my wife and I, we, we bought our first house, and uh, we moved in. We were moving in. First day in there, I was just getting in to kind of, Get stuff ready for us to move in, and I'm walking around, and I go, I go to flip on the lights, and the lights don't come on, and so there's no electricity in the whole house. So we call the the power company. They get somebody out there in a truck, and and he looks at the main line into the house, the main electrical. It's not even hooked up. It had been cut or something. And I didn't know what to do. I'm not a handyman. I can play a guitar. I can play some drums a little bit, but I'm not a handyman. I don't know what to do with this. I'm afraid if I even go close to it, I'm going to get zapped. But he's doing his thing, and I'm, I'm just waiting for him to come back because he had come back and said this was probably going to be a pretty pricey fix. And so, you know, first-time home buyers, I didn't know what I was doing. But he came back, and he said, you know what? I fixed it. I fixed it for you. And then he says this, hey, do you believe in God? I said, yeah, I, I, I do. <laughs> he said, good, because God told me to fix this for you today. Have a nice day. And then he just left. But that simple act, because he wasn't supposed to do that. That simple act, that deed of doing something that God told him to do and stepping out. It touched me and it changed me. It left a mark on my life. And it It marked me in my walk with God to remember that when God speaks and tells you to do something, not only is He going to bless you, but He's going to bless somebody else in the process. I don't even know if that man knew that He not only blessed me, He blessed my wife, He blessed our baby because we were able to move into our new house that day because we had electricity. It's a good reminder, isn't it, church? when fear tells you to step back, you just evaluate everything. You run it through the filter of God's word and you say, God, what are you telling me? What are you saying about me? You know, I'm I'm blessed. I have a dad growing up. My dad was always there. He was there for all the sporting events. You know, I was an athlete growing up and He was always there. And whenever I was kind of fearful, I didn't want to step into something. He was the kind of dad that was always there to say, you can do this, son. You got it. You got it. And I know not everybody has had that. And I'm grateful that I, I had that growing up. But you do have a father that is saying that over you every single day. That you can do this. That you've got what it takes to be a godly husband, a godly wife, a godly father, a godly mother. To walk in God's power and the authority of Jesus Christ to change the world around you. Romans 8.31 says, since God is for us, who can be against us? Oh, I got so much. This is a meat and potatoes tonight, you guys. I got so much to get to you. You guys getting some out of this tonight? Let's talk about timidity. Timidity. Fear, caving to a spirit of fear will always lead to timidity. What is the answer to timidity? It's walking in God's boldness. Boldness. So fear, you fight the voice of fear with faith. Timidity with boldness. God's boldness. Not your own, but God's boldness. It's rooted in God, the hope in us. A hope of glory and in his promises. I just want to look at something. Because this is powerful, you guys. This is powerful. Bear with me. I can't think of a better example of how to shut the enemy up than to look at when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. In Matthew chapter 4, I want to read this to you. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit to a desert. There he was tempted by the devil. Jesus went without food for 40 days and 40 nights. After that, he was hungry. I bet he was. Here's a side note. The devil's always going to try to come at you when you're physically not at your best. Be aware of that. Is something for us to be aware of. The The devil came tempting him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to be made into bread. But Jesus said it is written, man is not to live on bread only. Man is to live by every word that God speaks. Then the devil took Jesus up to Jerusalem, the holy city. He had Jesus stand on the highest part of the house of God. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. It is written, he has told his angels to look after you. In their hands they will hold you up. Then your foot will not hit against a stone. Jesus said to the devil, it is written also, you must not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took Jesus to a very high mountain. He had Jesus look at all the nations of the world to see how great they were. He said to Jesus, I will give you all of these nations if you will get down and at my feet and worship me. Jesus said to the devil, get away, Satan. It is written, you must worship the Lord your God. You must obey him only. Then the devil went away from Jesus. Angels came and cared for him. When the enemy's coming at you, telling you lie after lie, the spirit of fear, saying back off or Even a compromise. Listen, this wasn't on my notes. God's given me this. The spirit of fear will tell you to compromise in areas you should not compromise in your life. When that voice comes, you come back with the word of God. When the spirit of fear says, oh, go on. Why don't you just do this? You say, no, my God says this. And you walk in what God's given you you walk as the holy spirit directs you proverbs 28:1 the wicked run away when no one is chasing them but listen but the godly are as bold as lions you ever watch national geographic you see those lions they're not afraid of anything they walk into any territory they say hey this is mine That's how God wants you to walk, because you are an ambassador for Jesus Christ, an ambassador. Everywhere they step foot represents the nation. It temporarily becomes the nation that they represent. So God is sending you out, and everywhere you set foot becomes the kingdom of God. Are you hearing me? One more great example. When it comes to boldness, if you are boldness suffering, if you find yourself struggling with timidity, I encourage you to read the book of Acts. Read the book of Acts. Chapter 2, 3, and 4 are great places to start. So let me just break it down for you. The book of Acts chapter 2. The believers are In the upper room, the Holy Spirit comes like a rushing wind, and the believers are filled with the Holy Spirit. They start praying in tongues. Uh, People around them are hearing the believers speaking in their own languages, and uh, people are even saying, hey, these guys guys are drunk. These guys are drunk. And Peter chimes in and says, no, it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. These guys are filled with the very Spirit of God. These guys are filled with the Holy Spirit. And then you see in Acts chapter 3, Peter and John, they they are walking into the temple. Now, every day in the temple, there was this beggar, and he was dropped off by one of the gates of the temple. So everybody coming in and out of the temple, they knew who this guy was. And he's begging, and he asks Peter and John for some... Money And Peter says, silver and gold I do not have, but in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And talk about boldness. Peter not only said that, but then he extends his hand and helps the man up. He activates his faith knowing that God just did something. Amen? The man gets up. Everybody knows who this guy is. So the the rulers and the religious teachers of the day, they didn't know what to do with this. So they, they put John and Peter in prison that night. They put him in prison. They bring him out the next day before them, and then this happens. Then this happens. Let me turn and read it to you guys. I love this, you guys. This is huge for us. I'm looking at Acts chapter 4, verse 13. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing right there among them, there was nothing the council could say. (laughs) So they ordered Peter and John out of the council chamber and conferred among themselves. You can't argue with the fruit. When God is operating in you and through you, people are going to be changed around you. And most of the time, you don't even have to say you're a Christian. How many of you guys know you want people to know that there's something different about you without you even opening your mouth? But then the words that come out, that's just the icing on the cake. Amen? But I love this. They were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John because they had God in them, the Holy Spirit in them at work. So then these rulers, these religious teachers, they didn't know what to do because this man had been healed. They could not deny it. They could not argue it away. And everybody knew who this guy was. They knew if they would have punished Peter and John, it would have started a riot. They didn't know how to handle this. When you are walking in God's power and his boldness, the enemy doesn't know what to do with that. He's powerless against it. I love that. So then they go back. They rejoin the believers, and then they prayed this. Acts chapter 4, verse 29 through 31. Acts chapter 4, verse... Verse 29 through 31. The believers pray this. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. They prayed for boldness. And so if you're in here and you're suffering from timidity, you're struggling with fear and timidity, pray for God's boldness. Get into the Word. Put your faith into action. Speak out God's Word over your life, over your home, over your marriages, over the lives of your kids. Speak it out. Activate your faith and walk in God's boldness knowing that you walk in the authority of Jesus Christ. Amen? It's kind of like a traffic cop. You know, if you were driving past and you saw somebody just in street clothes and they put out their hand to stop, you probably, you might not stop. You might, well, if you're living for Jesus, you might pray and say, Lord, do they need help? And you say, hey, are you okay? But listen, you might just drive on by. But if that person that says stop is a traffic officer, a traffic police officer, he puts his hand out, you stop. Why? It's because of the authority he carries with that badge. It's the same with us. We walk in the authority of Jesus Christ, and so we can walk in God's boldness. We can pray for people. When the Holy Spirit's it's not crazy because we operate in God's love, and God is always trying to get to the people around you, and he will use you. I know I'm fired up tonight, but I'm passionate about this because I want to live this out myself, amen? Let's just bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. I just want to pray as we end tonight. First, I want to ask, first and foremost, if you're in here and you've fallen away in your walk with God and you want to rededicate your life to Christ, or if you don't yet have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm here to tell you a relationship with Jesus will change your life, will change you. Not just in eternity, but right now, this side of heaven. And so if you're in here tonight and you have fallen away from God and you want to come back or you want to say yes to Jesus for the first time, I want you to raise your hand right now with every head bowed. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Every head bowed, thank you. Every eye closed. This is between you and God tonight. Thank you, thank you. If you put your hands up, you can go ahead and put them down. God bless you guys. Let's all pray together. Father God, thank you for your presence here tonight. Thank you for Jesus dying on the cross for me. And so right now, I ask Jesus to come into my heart forgive me of my sin. Help me to forgive others. And right now, I declare I'm going to live for Jesus every day. And right now, I thank you, God, that I'm a new creation, that I'm not the same person I used to be. In Jesus' name, we all pray. Amen. I want to pray one more prayer before we go, before Pastor Ryan comes up. I want to pray against the spirit of fear. I know we've touched on it heavy tonight. I want to pray against timidity. Let's pray. Father God, right now, we thank you for your boldness. We thank you that by the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross, we can walk in your authority. We can walk in that which you paid the price for us to walk in, and that's to walk in your authority. Boldness, your power, your love, your sound mind by your Holy Spirit at work in us. And right now we bind the spirit of fear and timidity in the lives of these saints, these believers here. We plead the blood of Jesus over them. And we say, fear, you have to leave. Fear, you have to go. Timidity, you have to leave. You have to go. Because we believe in the promises of God eternal, most high God who declares good things over our lives. And so right now, We just plead the blood of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that we can walk in faith and in boldness. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen.